Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx presence in the comic industry, with a special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode number 35, girls. We're here... And we're queer. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think funny that, that you said I, that because I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I know that definitely applies to me. <laughs> no, it just, uh, it was a chant I heard in some, yeah. some show or something. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, we're here. And I was like, oh, there's there's a space to say something cool. Yeah. It's like, we're here, we're queer, and nobody can do anything about it. <laughs> Um, so we are your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. We are just back from San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, I <gasps> am still getting over it. It's like, I need a vacation from my vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Diego Comic-Con is a lot of work. Even when you don't have a booth or you're not I mean just traversing down the aisles is oh, work yes. we talked to a lot of people too it felt yeah. like I was at work yeah right? so like yeah. dang yeah it was re- I feel that it was really productive and there was a lot of things we did uh, a lot of people I actually talked to and met so that was really awesome and um, I did a Oh, got an obscene amount of walking. I feel like I mm-hmm. walked mm-hmm. what I haven't walked all year. Yes, <laughs> I agree. And it was so hot. Oh, oh, even God. inside the convention center. I'm yeah. like, what is going on inside? Like, preview night, I could understand. I'm like, oh, maybe they were like, oh, we're going to cut down on um, the bill on preview night because there's not going to be as many people here. Mm-hmm. And, Lies. But... <laughs> All the rest of the days was exactly the same, and it was just that in and of itself took a lot out of me, just because being hot and sweaty and humid and sticky, it just, yeah, it it sapped all my energy. It's not the biz. Well, plus, I mean, Kristen, her foot kept swelling up on her. Yes. (laughs) And she had trouble walking around their stairs. There's an even, you know, even when we... um, what was it? Uh, when we uh, scan our badges, there's a little kind of a hump yeah. that you have to get over. Yeah. And if you are not used to it, your foot gets caught. Yeah. Actually, my foot was getting caught all over the place <laughs> over the weekend. And everyone's like, what is it with you and conventions? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yep. And for me, um, I was... Uh, I'm very grateful to, be on the, uh, to have been on the panel because we were able to get... Um, what was it? Five-day passes... Yes. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Fanbase Press for yes. inviting us to Thank the con, or else I would have never ever gone to San Diego Comic Con because this was the first year that I went. Yes. And it was a lot of fun, but it was also very, very, very exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> um and, uh, um, so much money, so much money. Oh, I know. Um, um, and this is not that I didn't even pay for my pass. I got the thing. <laughs> um, um, but. Five days is is definitely. You have to yeah. train for that, like yeah. mentally and <laughs> yes, physically. Definitely, yeah. I and have to mentally prepare for going to San Diego Comic Con the same way I mentally prepare for going to the mall during Christmas. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that speaks a lot. <laughs> Uh, 
Um, I was unprepared, so we actually ended up driving back and forth from LA Oof. to San Diego. Ooh. I don't know how you guys did that. Yeah, man, that was really uh, really difficult. Um, fortunately, my brother got passes as well, so he was able to go on a lottery to reserve parking in the Hilton. Oh, um, so hmm. he was able to actually get parking. I didn't know that was a thing. Hilton. Yeah, it's a thing. So um, he won the raffle, so he was able to purchase. Two two parking passes for Saturday. I mean for Thursday and Friday. And so the raffle is to buy how much yes. parking? Um, I think is, it was either twenty five or thirty five. Oh well, that's actually oh, not bad. That's not that's bad. Not bad. I mean, it's thirty five dollars for parking if that's what it was. But I mean, still, for being so, so close, close yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is that uh, we end up packing like uh, you know we we to make sandwiches and stuff. So that we don't have to uh, waste time trying to find a place to eat. Yeah. And or the money. The lines are yes. so crazy. Mm. Even if you... Okay, so con food is con food. Like, oh, my God, yes. You have a choice between prepackaged salads, prepackaged gross cold sandwiches, um, yummy Annie's, um, Annie's pretzels. pretzels. Those yeah. are so good. Mm-hmm. But it's not does a meal make, that's right. for sure. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and... Oh, yeah, and pizza, I think, mm-hmm. this one. Okay. <laughs> I was not about to lose my Latina card paying $12 for fish tacos. Exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> it, $12 for fish tacos. And you mm. know, the worst thing is, is like you're standing Well, I don't buy fish tacos at all in general. And they were stinky. Ew. Oh. I could, I, whenever I, they were in the sales pavilion, and every time I stepped into the sales pavilion, I could smell it. And I'm like, is it like fish when it's fresh? Isn't it not supposed to smell? It's not supposed, it's to, not smell. supposed yeah. to smell. Yeah. I only buy fish tacos in Ensenada. Mm. That's it. I don't well, buy them anywhere around here. I think because those definitely are fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. If you decide to go to a restaurant to go eat, you have to go and walk across uh, the tracks, the trolley tracks, mm. and through traffic and through people in cosplay and in the sun. And, you know, they're ushering you like cattle, like, mm-hmm. you know, and then you finally... Get to the uh, what is it? The gas lamp area, mm-hmm. and then you have to look for a place to eat, yep. or you could actually sit down, which will probably be an hour wait. Yeah. So mm-hmm. best case scenario is to pack your lunch. That's Just, what we did actually. Yeah, that's what we did. We we were able to. Jen and I stayed mm-hmm. um, at a apartment in the Hillcrest area of. San Diego, which is basically the West Hollywood area, um, mm-hmm. beautifully adorned with rainbow flags everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and so we went to oh. Ralph's and the first day and bought sandwich stuff and breakfast mm-hmm. stuff even. So we mm-hmm. had breakfast at the apartment before mm-hmm. we left every day to That's try great. to cut down on cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would get up. We got up at like four thirty, and I, <gasps> oh my you know, got dressed, took showers, and then packed up the stuff. And I would make breakfast sandwiches for us to eat on the way yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you want to avoid the traffic, mm-hmm. so you, yeah. you know, even you if gotta we, go early. Mm-hmm, exactly. So um, that turned out well because we would go to the car, and my, you know, it's so crazy. Like my brother, his girlfriend, and my nephew all took naps. Mm-hmm. in the car and I'm like it's Comic Con we can't take naps <laughs> like I'll, I'll see you guys inside oh so they left they mm-hmm. went to the car and napped well so we went to the car to eat and then after the, we ate they just took a nap oh oh yeah I'm not, no I'm not judging them I would do you know how many times I would just wanted to lie down on the exhibit floor <laughs> and take a fucking nap 
<laughs> I know there were multiple times where I was like, if we just weren't staying so far, um, I would have gone back and just like napped, sat and enjoyed the air conditioning or like, yeah, just put my feet up or something. Me and my I little mean, brother brought her PS4. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, so did my brother. I think you get, uh, what are the passports or when you talk to other people from your, okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about video games, but they all brought mm-hmm. their little thing, DS. Oh, oh Nintendo DS. Nintendo, yeah. And then I guess yeah. they connect with other people at the con who brought their DS as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you get points, you get skins and stuff like that. Yeah. My little brother hasn't used his DS in forever, mm-hmm. uh, but no, the PS4, like, a PS4, like a console. Like mm. the big thing. Oh shit! No way. Yeah. Oh, to put in the Airbnb. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my god, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So we were playing video games. That's cool. Over there, the uh, our ping was awful, but we managed. I don't know what that means. It no. means we lagged a lot. Oh, uh, I yeah, see. Because the internet wasn't fast enough. Oh. But um, uh, it was still fun. It was. It's interesting playing video games with a lot of lag. Because <laughs> you don't know what's happening. Because you don't know what's happening. You don't know where you're going. The enemy doesn't know where you're going. Yeah. Are you shooting at a wall or are you shooting at an enemy? <laughs> Guess we'll find out in Who's Dead Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, now, we have a new segment called Saludos, but I feel that this saludo uh, kind of pertains to what we're talking about, which is Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And this one comes from um, Hank Barajas and también Eddie D'Angelini. He says, what was your personal highlight from San Diego Comic-Con? Um, for me, it was, and this is what made all five days worth it. It was getting to see the McElroys from the oh, Adventure yeah. Zone, uh, and them talking about their graphic novel. And it was just, it was, I, I never thought I would see them ever because they don't like they don't live in the Los Angeles area and everything. And like they've been to San Diego Comic Con and stuff like that uh, before, but I wasn't sure if they were gonna be he- here this year. But they were, and I, that was. That was really, really cool. So what do they do? Um, uh, well, first of all, they do two podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, one with that's them and that's just the brothers, uh, Clint, uh, Griffin, and Travis. Um, um, no, sorry, Justin, Griffin, and Travis. Clint is their dad. Uh, and it's called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And it's just them talking about stuff, like okay. nerdy stuff, uh-huh. but also about how being siblings and how, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, sibling relationships yeah. and everything like that. And then the Adventure Zone is a D&D podcast that they did with their dad. And it's a Aww. lot of fun. Uh, and that's what was made into a graphic novel. So that, the panel that she went to go see where it was um, it was the Adventure Zone panel was in the room right before our panel that yes. we had. The fan base press and Latinx uh, readers, creators, fans, whatever. Yes. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> um, and... The line outside the panel was so long. It was down the hall, around the corner. I mean, people showed up for this, uh, mm-hmm. for this panel and for these people who do a podcast. And it did my heart good because I was like, maybe one day there'll be a line that big for us. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah. and Sarah, when you came out, you're like, "Oh my God, is that life?" <laughs> I did, I did. I was like, "Oh my God, I'm starting to sweat already." <laughs> so. Yeah, and Barbara tried to um, to talk her down by saying, "No, no, they're in the line for the bathroom." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are there any other highlights in uh, your Comic Con experience, Jen? Um, yes, um, uh, I. 
every con that I go to, I try to see if Blizzard is doing anything, and uh, they they were this um um they were they did one this year as well, and me and my brother stayed for that one because we stayed for two for two previous panels because we love video games, and that's what that room was. It was just kind of like about video games, and they just gave uh they previewed some stuff about um uh, about the game and the new hero that was going to be coming out. But at the end of the panel, they showed that basically Nerf guns, like the Nerf toys, uh-huh. are making are making toys, um, uh, making guns that are like the video game characters. Oh. And they gave us little free bullets. Oh yeah, little free Nerf bullets. I remember bullets. seeing your little bullets. Yeah, and they were. I was super excited by that. I can't believe I'm gonna buy fifty of one gun just for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um. Well, this is Kristen. My highlight, definitely, I would have to say, was our fan base press panel. Yes, being on that panel and that's the one I should have said. The <laughs> the reception that we got and the people coming out and talking to us afterwards. I mean, it's always amazing being on the panels and the connections that we make and the people that we meet. But there was a different energy at this panel oh, I absolutely felt. yes and um it was it was just so um positive and very motivating mm-hmm. as well and kind of like a little bit of a uh, of a confirmation that what we're doing matters and is important to people and that we mm-hmm. actually are making a difference yeah and to me that was the highlight oh absolutely Definitely, i mean yeah. Um, that moment where that last question that Barbara asked us uh-huh. and oh I was like God. trying to rack my brain what to say and then Jen was like yeah. right before me yeah. and yeah. Jen said something so freaking powerful and so emotional and so like you know heartfelt that mm-hmm. um, I think she even pounded her, her yeah. head <laughs> on the table uh-huh. like you know um, and then everybody in the yes. audience just clapped yeah. and all I could think about like during the headlights like I'm supposed to go after that <laughs> Like, and all I could think about was like, yes, Jen's right. <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, that's that's what I did. That was my follow up because she just like she just she just took the room. Yeah, the a, the entire room exploded into, into applause. Yes, um, exactly. That was like, you know, when I described it to my family, I was like, they're like, how was your panel? I'm like. I don't think we've ever had to pause because people were clapping between what we were talking about. Yeah. And that was like, that was like really eye opening to me because they were listening. They were reacting. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were there with us. And I thought that was awesome. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. And just the fact that based on our recommendations alone, the fan base press table was inundated with people wanting to buy quince and the margins yes based on the fact that we talked both of those books up on the panel yes to me that's what it's all about we're yeah. trying to get more reckon uh, recognition and eyes mm-hmm. on to latino characters and creators and the fact that i mean just the fact that we were witnessing it happening right in front of us yeah. like that was so validating that was, yeah, oh, yeah that was extremely validating because one of the things we talked in the panel in the panel was just so like if someone had asked a question about how uh, how we or like as con- as like consumers and stuff like that could make a difference and I was just so like buy stuff mm-hmm. just mm. do it show your support with your dollars because that's what like 
corporations like DC and Marvel see, mm-hmm. and that tragic as it is, that is the truth. And so just just buy stuff, and the fact that people went afterwards and bought stuff yes. from fan base <laughs> press and case I was just like, oh shit, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that was a regret during this San Diego Comic Con experience for any of you? Um. Yes, the regret was not bringing enough money. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but like, like, like legit. <laughs> there was so much stuff I wanted yes, to buy. Yes, Jen regretted having attended Anime Expo and spending oh, all her money yeah. just the weekend before. Just the, literally just the week before. I'm honestly surprised I'm not sick because literally there was only a one week difference yeah. between San Diego and Anime Expo. Yeah. And I was uh, that. That was a lot of germs. Yeah, that's a lot of germs. I'm surprised I'm not sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cross. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But um, uh, maybe it's not more of a regret, but just kind of like I wish I had the patience to actually stand in line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Because we're also I would have been able to see a lot of cool age. I would have tolerated going into the line and waiting for like Hall H and seeing all of yeah. that cool stuff. Um, that uh, I wish I could do that. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. If it's two hours or longer, I just can't do it. I'm not. I'm Makes not wasting sense. my time. See, for me, my regret is actually very similar. Is um, not having patience to go around and seek out more Latinx creators and do the interviews like you were oh, doing, yeah, Sarah. Like you did. Um, you did some really awesome. You tracked down some awesome creators and you did some great interviews. That um, if you haven't already seen them, are up on our Facebook. Um, but. For me, I I was talking about this earlier, just the convention was so crowded and I would not even make it from the trolley into the um, convention hall when I was like, I just want to go back (laughs) to bed. I just want to get away from all these people. I just want to sit down and relax. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think the heat and humidity had a lot to do with it as well. And like I mentioned already, it was really hot and humid inside as uh, well as outside. And um, so I do regret that I missed that opportunity because there, this particular convention is one where people come from all over, mm-hmm. and um, there was probably people there that um, we might not have the opportunity to see here at some local ones. But speaking of of those people, I mean, hopefully we can find him here. One of my regrets is not having the opportunity to go and meet uh, Sam Humphreys in. in oh, my yes. oh my god! Oh my god! Total fail. Yes. I was like, where is he? I saw that Fanbase Press interviewed him, so I went to Fanbase Press. Oh. And then they were like, we don't know where he is. We, we caught him at the Comixology booth. Oh. And then I was like, I'm not going to Comixology. It's crazy over there. Yeah. And then I was like, well, maybe. And they're like, well, try DC. So I went to DC, and they're like, sorry, he signed yesterday. Oh. And I was like what the heck like I'm just missing him over and over yeah. so at the end and then you said he tweeted something but I had no internet connection oh yeah that's how he wasn't yeah. even on my radar uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know until, yeah. sorry Sam um, <laughs> but 
um, it wasn't until I saw his tweet that said, um, I just finished my last signing, signing. or this is my last signing or whatever. And I saw it after it had already ended. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and exactly. so then I responded and said, oh, no, I missed you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you guys were here. Yes. So that yeah. would have been great. I mean, if, for those of you who have not um, listened to all of our episodes, we interviewed Sam Humphreys. Oh, gosh, I don't even remember which. Green um, Lanterns. Which episode it was, but it was way kind of back in the beginning. We have reviewed uh, Green Lanterns um, and also Jonesy. Oh, yes. We did both of them. Actually, um, it just turned out so well for me to drive home because as soon as I got home on Friday, I started grabbing all the stuff from my shelf of all the people that I saw that I could see and Mm -hmm. have signed. Um, so oh, see, I I regret that every re- year. Yes, I forget I that every time. Yes. I didn't. But, I did not know so many of the creators that I did run into were gonna be there, uh, and I was just like, shit! I did not do my research. I have so much stuff that I would have loved for them to have signed, yes, and exactly. now I don't have. It. I'm always running around last minute, like, oh my gosh, someone's so signing! I, I gotta find a booth that's selling their stuff. But yeah, we interviewed Sam Humphreys in episode 18, um, and then we reviewed Greenland. Lanterns episode eight and Jonesy episode nine. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty in the beginning. And he, if you have not gone back to listen to his interview, definitely do it. Mm-hmm. He was such an amazing um, guest guest on our show. Mm-hmm. He was so like just thoughtful and kind he and was super sweet. And yeah, and he had like. Super great sense of humor. He like got all of our jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really great, and it would have been amazing. We never met him in person. We have only interview interviewed him over the phone, and yeah. this all started from um, Sarah's wonderful artistic talent when she made a Jessica Cruz um, Green Lantern piñata that we had at the um, first ever East Los Angeles Comic Con, and a fan took a picture and tweeted it to Sam and Sam got into contact with us and he it is now she's uh, Jessica the piñata Jessica is now hanging in his office yes and Mm -hmm. um, and that led to the interview he was so kind to have an interview with us so yeah that and you know what I really I really wanted to meet him um, because I have a lot of his books but also because um, he seems like to have the most awesome sense of humor like he dressed up as Harley with the makeup and everything and I thought that was so funny and I'm like God, you're like awesome. I want to meet you in person and take pictures and stuff, but it just didn't happen this year. So that that's also one of that is a regret for sure. Um, any other regrets, guys? Hmm. Oh, I think that's it. Um. I you oh you know what my re- not my main regret but a big re- regret that I have happened before the convention even started um, they changed their exclusive process buying process this year to where you had to um, put your name into a lottery and then they picked your name and depending on what exclusive you wanted you would then if your name was picked have the opportunity to go Ow. buy a uh, I mean uh, get a ticket to stand in line right. um, and I knew that they were doing that but didn't keep close tabs on when or how it worked and not until I saw people posting on social media that they hadn't gotten picked for anything did I realize that it even happened and so I missed out on some exclusives although I did I didn't get anything I mean I didn't put my name on anything Mm -hmm. but it was for for a lot of the big major ones but Mm -hmm. some of the booths 
um, opened up to the public uh, after so many hours of I don't know with certain days. And I was able to buy um, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive of Magic the Gathering. So oh, wow. I got all the, um, oh, nice. the foil planeswalkers. Nice. Uh, and they're so pretty. I don't, I'm just going to put them away somewhere and maybe look at them um, <laughs> every once in a while. Every once in a while. Nice. But yeah. yeah. Um, and I, bought, I did buy some cool stuff. Um, I don't remember what day it was, but the lines were like not short or not long. They were super short. So I would just go around and I bought some Thanos uh, related uh, items and related items. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, this is Sarah. And um, what I loved about San Diego Comic Con this year, everything was so magical for me. And when mm. I mean magical, it's first of all, I got the pass, which was amazing. But second of all, um, I... Uh, wanted to have um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nguyen. Uh, he does the artwork for Descender, mm-hmm. which yes. Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. I forgot what his first name is, but um, Dustin. Dustin. I keep thinking David for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, I got his last name right. Um, and um, I went over to have him sign my book because, like I said, I was able to grab all my books. So I grabbed that book and I wanted him to sign it, but he wasn't at his booth. Mm-hmm. So I left it with this young lady who was uh, tabling next to him mm. and um, I left my phone number and stuff for him to call me uh-huh. when it was signed um, and he hadn't called or anything so uh, then I went to Terry Moore's and he was going to be there between like 3 and 5 during um, our um, panel so I'm like I might miss him and then uh, Mike I can never say his Mignola. name Mignola <laughs> he was there and um, I got to go to and one of the things I loved about this is I was able to go to some panels which I've never gone before and I went to his panel and he gave away a yeah. Conan um, uh, uh, Hellboy figurine Funko Ooh. Yeah, so I got one of those. That's cool. That's yeah. a good. Um, That's a really yeah. good giveaway. I've been in some good Wait, panels to everybody. At San Diego. Yeah, to everybody they got Whoa. a ticket. Yes, nice. I've been in some good giveaway panels in San Diego, and um, you you really you some people really luck out of the cool things they get. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what? I, I I kind of looked it up to see how much it was going for. It's minimally going for one hundred and forty dollars. Oh my Whoa. goodness! Yeah, and I didn't even have him sign it, so that I regret. Uh, That's a regret. Yeah, um, but um, I was able to have him sign. Of course, he interviewed too, so that was cool. Um, that was really great. Actually, I was really nervous, and it was awesome. But at that moment, when I finished that interview, um, Kristen ran into me, and then. Uh, Armando from oh, yeah. uh, Armando you from were right yeah, there, at, I was that, just right there. Mm-hmm. at that booth and then all of a sudden um, Armando from uh, Cafe Coleche Nerds was yeah. there and I was like wow this is so awesome I'm you know getting to you know hang out with friends like out of the blue like we just merged together and then Eddie came by uh, it was like mm-hmm. super and I thought that was super cool um, and then fortunately, when I went back to get my descender, he had just gotten there. So I was able to interview him, too. Oh, cool. Oh, so nice. um, it was all like serendipitous. And as and I was walking the floor when I saw um, um, there was a book propped up as photographic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love that book. I read that book like a week ago. I love it. And I'm like, where are they? Are they here? The creators? And they were like, no, they just left five minutes ago. Oh, I just left. I'm like, oh boo. <laughs> So I was making a little video about how I just missed them, mm-hmm. and they arrived right when I was making how the funny. video. <laughs> and they were able to sign my book and take pictures with me. So when I say magical, I mean magical. Yeah. I mean, stuff just 
villain to place for me, and oh, I thought that was nice. awesome. That yeah. is super cool. Well, I'm super jealous of yours, <laughs> of your comic <Yeah>. con experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's uh, even though it was like uh, it was a lot of hardship. I mean, driving back and forth oh, from yeah. LA yeah. and um, you know having to pack food, and I had my little nuts with me, my little trail mix because <laughs> I didn't want to die, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and we you can saying, die without a daily dose. <laughs> of <Yes. laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> but uh, but we, what we kept saying to ourselves was like, why are there any vendors? We're so close to San Diego. Why aren't they paleteros or eloteros or hot dog people? During the course of the Comic-Con experience, I did see yeah. paleteros, and I, but I didn't see the elotero or else I would have tackled him. But mm-hmm. I did see one um, a hot dog vendor. The hot dog oh. vendors were all over. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I only saw one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the one where you overheard the yes. conversation? Yes. That mm-hmm. was freaking uh it's so funny yeah <laughs> i was like i'm gonna because Kristen is the one who does these like frequently overheard quotes and i was like that is a great idea and one of the ones that stuck with me was the one where i was going to go get my funko uh free uh figurine but i had to go to the hyatt hotel so i had to cross the entire yeah. um convention exhibit hall to get there plus some so I was able to run into a, a hot dog vendor. But another and one of my most, of course, favorite things is having the, um, it was the uh, Wood Stout Authentification, uh, what was it? Artistic Trifecta. And that was a 10.4%. And Ooh. that was at the uh, Marriott Hotel in. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, the Nintendo I saw Lounge. it over there. Yes. And they served the big cups. Uh-huh. So I was like in heaven. Yeah. I had two and I was like, yes. We actually yeah. uh, reviewed one of the Woot Stouts. Yes, remember? we did. Yeah. Yes. yeah. This is, a, I think, slightly different because it's the Artistic Trifecta. I uh-huh. guess it was just uh, an exclusive for Comic-Con. Right. The one that I did was the exclusive for oh, that was, year for oh, Comic-Con. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Right on. He, they do one every year for oh, Comic-Con. Duh, of course. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. Um it was just it was just really magical for me. I was able to walk around and just kind of like lose myself and find myself. It was it was just great. I um I regret some things like I you know, I didn't get to see some Humphreys and I didn't get to to go to the DC panel. But there was a lot of things that I did enjoy that I hadn't enjoyed in the in previous years. Oh, that's so good. So that was really that's cool. Good. I really um the last day that I was there, it was really just painful because we went and did the panel and then I had to go and find Terry Moore and then I had to go get my brother's cards in the Dragon in the Dragon Ball booth way on the other side of the con but then I had to go all the way over to to uh, Artist Alley it was just and then after Artist Alley I went all the way to the Hyatt so I just did a big humongous zigzag yeah, fortunately yeah. I felt that having the backpack of all the books that I took to have signed Half of them were signed and half of them were not. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I think I did okay. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that is pretty good. And it I, actually. I mean, the fact that you even took books to get signed, it were, you were light years <laughs> ahead of Jed and I. <laughs> yeah. I took one book and I didn't even get it signed. Aww. Yeah. They, was, they were ticketing the autograph sections Aww. of, I regret that too. Oh, yeah. And, but yeah. it was just like, you had to be there at 9 a.m. I was just like, I don't wake up till 10. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing, like, I didn't know who was going to get ticketed for. Like, I know probably Jeff Lemire was going to, I needed to get a ticket for and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure. So I just like, I said, well, fine, I'm just going to have to carry these all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that was the day my brother didn't have parking because he didn't go. It was a Saturday. So uh, I ended up parking in Barrio Logan. Oh, that's right. And I 
I took the trolley over, so I was carrying those books for a yeah. for every day, all, well, for all day. Yeah. And you know what? I forgot all about that because all I'm thinking about is the convention center. But like going to Chicano Con was a highlight. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Yes, that was that was super cool. Exactly, I totally agree. Chicano Con was a like the, a really exciting, pleasant surprise. Just arriving there was just like I could feel the Latinidad yes. all over. The because we had to. It was a point six mile walk from the Metro Trolley Station to the brewery and just walking through the neighborhood and being part of the neighborhood and then the closer you got seeing all of the art on the walls and on the mm. um, fences and and because it was comic-con i mean san diego the entire town is affected by it there were local artists there and barrio logan is um a, a local latino um uh local latino community neighborhood and um there were some local latinx artists that were actually doing live art in the street uh and mm-hmm. that was super cool to see yeah um i actually started following one on instagram and i think he's gonna come down hopefully fingers crossed for the art show and actually tag up my wall in the backyard for oh. your art show that you have yeah. here at your house yeah so nice. i'm excited that's cool he's super awesome i really loved his art well, one of the things that um, I really, I had no idea when we, I mean, we knew that it was at a brewery and we knew that it was in Barrio Logan, but the f- one of the things that I didn't know was that this brewery is, um, it, it brews beers that have Latinx like essence, I, mm-hmm. I, I, the, the essence, the, the magic, the, the flavors, um, the, in, inspired by Latinidad. The first beer that I tried of theirs was a, um, they call it a blonde stout, I think, mm-hmm. um, and it was horchata flavored. Yeah, it yeah. was. I had that one, and that sounds like not beer-esque at all mm-hmm. it sounds gross or like uh or chata flavored beer but no it was so freaking good yes, yes. and it wasn't it wasn't that it was sweet it's just you could taste yes. the Flavor. cinnamon yes. yes and it yes. was that that's what made me really so like yeah it. so uh, then they started talking about the other flavors that they had and i didn't have a chance to stop inside to look but um there were uh there was one that she described as um what was it there was one that was um uh oh well still like sarah has the the thing right here <laughs> so the one that she told me also oh, the horchata golden stout is the one that we tried um oh my god there was an abuelita's chocolate stout yes, <gasps> exactly. oh my god oh. i saw a video um oh, i'm not sure what the video was but they were god <laughs> they were saying how um they had brewed the abuelita uh, chocolate abuelita chocolate stout and that uh there was a bunch of ladies who came with their strollers and stuff asking they're like we heard you have a abuelita chocolate oh stout my beer. Oh my we, god we usually drink wine but we want to try it he that goes, is the best story he ever goes, it was so cool that we hit a demographic that doesn't even drink yes. beer yeah. so it was just um just so cool that they would uh, they would branch out into to doing these like Latin flavors yes. and then hitting a whole demographic that they weren't even 
part of because yeah, so, they drink wine. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that this was their thing. Oh, yes. And of course, it's their Latinx owned. Yes. Uh, and they, I'm just going to uh, read a couple of these uh, flavors that they had there. They had the Gran Jefe, um, which was their wheat and pilsner. Um, the Orchata Golden Stout, which we tried. Uh, the Abuelitas Chocolate Stout that we just said. Something called Chiquitin. Um, <laughs> oh and God. this says, this juice bomb is loaded up with the largest amount uh, of hops that we've ever used in a beer. The result is a dry and sessionable tropical and dank IPA. Mm. That sounds good. They Ch- have... Uh, Dan el chiquitín, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> they have one called Saladito. Oh, my God. I oh want Saladitos. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. God. My mouth is, is like watering. watering. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, la, okay. Tarantula Stout, um, which is another stout. Uh, la Obscura, which is... Is, um, it combines fermenting at high temperatures for maximum ester production from the Belgian yeast, which is uh, with the use of black, dark crystal, dark candy sugar, and rye malt. That sounds really good. Mm. Um, and then Café uh, cafe Inglés, uh, which huh. is uh, loaded with malt complexity. This, um, this is refreshing and light without... Uh, losing any of the dark malts that we all love. And then the one that she was telling me about was the Plum Berliner. Um, and this is um, using the kettle souring method of lactobacillus strains found in yogurt to sour the beer. We add over a pound and a half of plum puree to the finished mm. beer. And the result is a sweet and tart beer. Ooh. So, I mean... The fact that this uh, this brewery is in Barrio Logan, uh, uh, um, majority Latino neighborhood, and Latino-owned business, and uh, getting the community to come out and be involved in Chicano Con, and they had different events and um, things going on during the day for kids. They had like cosplay contest. They also in the evening had. Uh, um, uh, some um, like panels right there inside of the brewery. When we walked in, Lalo was up there doing his panel. Mm-hmm. Um, Javier was there. Um, just so much cool, awesome, amazing community interaction all revolving around beer and comics. Like, how much more perfect for us to be there <laughs> could yeah. it have been? <laughs> yes, it's like they made this convention for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicano Con. Uh-huh. So, this was their fourth annual Chicano Con, and um, I'm hoping that they're going to continue to do this and um, have something next year there as well. But we got some cheese, um about... Uh, Border X Brewing that I just cannot wait for it to come to fruition. And the cheese is that they have recently broke ground on a Los Angeles County brewery. Yeah. They are opening a Border X Brewing Company in Bell. I'm there for it. When yes. lunch, your girl is there. <laughs> You're gonna so... send me a tirada. <laughs> <laughs> Beer bottles in front of me. So, this Latino um, flavored 
Brewing Company is going to be right here in Los Angeles, and I cannot wait. And I'm definitely wanting to reach out to the owners to see how Comadres y Camas can become involved because the mm-hmm. Chicano Con, I want to do something like that here and bigger and better or just as good. Um, and uh, hopefully we can be there at the, at the, the ground floor. Yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. We actually uh, met Carmen and David Favela. Uh, David's the CEO of uh, Border X Brewery, mm-hmm. and um, they were able to gift us this blood saison that Ooh. we are. What is what time is it, girls? It's beer tasting time. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. So I'm gonna open it while. Um, Kristen, tell us a little bit about it. So the Blood Saison is a um, hibiscus and agave beer. My mouth is already watering. That sounds so good. It's a beer inspired by the traditional Mexican drink, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Now, Jamaica is my favorite. Oh, my gosh. I can smell it oh, already. Holy shit, that smells so good. Jamaica is my favorite agua. I love it so much. Um, and so when she talked about this particular beer, when Carmen was telling us about it, I was like, oh, my God, I need to have some. Um, so when Sarah said she was able to get some and Carmen said, oh, yeah, we'll we'll um, we'll hook you up. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um so this episode of Commodity Comics is brought to you by Border X Brewing Company um, because they have so generously donated this can of Blood Saison to us. Um, but oh it is tart and a red hue made with real hibiscus, agave, and crystal malts. So that is... Um, you had me at Jamaica. It smells so good. It's a 7.5 so ABV. Good. It comes in a one quart can, and the the art on it is like Aztec looking. It's really cool. I I really just dig the whole vibe of their can. And on the back it says, this is about border exploring. There's a lot of borders that separate us as cultures and as people, but we're about transcending these borders. The way we see that in our beer is by fusing European brewing traditions with Latin American ingredients in just the right way. And it all happens in sunny San Diego. Experience great taste across borders in every can. My mouth is watering. Like, I just spit on myself. Because <laughs> 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 my mouth is watering because I can smell the beer. <laughs> and then um, at the end, appropriately, it says, Salud. Salud, <laughs> chica. There you go. Now, it is a tart, so I don't generally like tarts, but I have such high hopes for this. It's actually... It smells so good. Delicious. Oh, my God. So, um, <gasps> yes, it is delicious. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to be surprised. So, um, I actually stayed at uh, at the ChicanaCon a little bit later because I got there a little later. This is Sarah. And I was there with Yuri from YNC Comics. She has a uh, YouTube video where she reviews books, comic cons, and geek culture. And I was there with her and her husband. And, um, and I was like... I got to drink a little bit more beer because uh, <laughs> it's delicious. So I tried this one and I was like, they're going to love it. Yeah. So oh what is amazing about this brewery is you can actually get anything that's on tap and have them put it in a crawler for you. 
Oh, is that what this is? Yes. That's uh, when he was explaining to it. Yes. I was like, "Oh, that sounds cool," but I didn't really know what he was talking about. Because I'm, I have been very, um, what is it called, um, familiar with growlers, the mm-hmm. glass containers. I thought that's what he said. I thought there was going to be. Well, a glass I, I heard him say they're better than growlers. So then I was like, "Wait, what is he talking about?" Yeah, because it sounds the same. It's crowler. Okay. Crowler. So um, the cool thing is, like, it's a huge can. What they One do, quart. They yeah. fill it up with whatever you want on tap, and then they seal the can. So one of the things I wanted to ask was, because I wasn't sure when we were recording, depending on how we felt after the convention, I asked him, how far later can we drink this? Because I know with growlers, you have to drink it. Like, if it's like a flavored beer, you should realistically drink it within three days. Yeah. Because of the sugars that go all the way, that sediment to the bottom. Um, so with the crowler, he said, you can drink it like even a month out. So I was like, this is perfect because, and I was going to bring more, but, um, I was afraid to run out of money (laughs) (laughs) and it'd be overdrawn. So, um, they, uh, gifted us this can, but I didn't want to get more than one either. And I paid for another one that I brought for my husband and I brought him the horchata stout. Oh, did he like it? Oh yes. We were like loving it. So I was like, darn it, I wish I had brought more. But now... Well, it, it, we now, know where they are. We yeah, can go back. Exactly. We're not gonna be. And actually, that's what I loved about this is the fact that it took me out of somewhere where I am so familiar, which is downtown San Diego. Yes. And yeah. I went to Va- Barrio Logan. Yes. And I was just taken aback with all the wonderful smells. There was a lot of great mm-hmm. food. I actually got to eat gorditas at the location, and they were delicious. And oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't when even, did this happen? When you guys left. Well, I, was, I had the tacos. They were good. And Eddie had the Mexican pizza, which oh, was really, really? good. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the gorditas only because I hadn't eaten dinner, and I was driving them home because mm-hmm. I asked them if they could drive with me. And I had had some beers. I had, like, uh, two beers. So I wanted to make sure that they didn't feel like, oh, she's drunk and driving us. Mm-hmm. So I, I got some gorditas, and we shared them. And they and I was telling uh, her husband, I was like, it seems like they have lard. And he goes, oh, yes, they do. And we just rubbed <gasps> oh, on yes. them. It was, and they were delicious. That, yeah. it, to me, all you healthy, um, hipster, foodie people do not know <laughs> the pleasure of when you first take that bite of some Latino food and you taste that lard. Oh yes. my god. That to me... Because Kristen's coming after you. That <laughs> to me is like... Oh, it reminds me of my grandmother. It reminds me of home. It reminds me of growing up. But that is like the um, the bar by which I... Um, judge all Mexican restaurants, I'm like, give me a taste of their frijoles because if I can eat them and they taste like lard, then I know that this place is legit. Exactly. I completely agree yeah. with you. But, uh, so what do you guys think so far? I mean, how are you feeling about this? Beer? Okay, I, at first, I was like, shoot, I'm gonna have to say something bad about this beer because it's tart. It's so good. It's, it's really good. And, um, uh, when you said tart, I thought it was just like, oh my god, I hope it's not a sour, it's not like a sour. Yeah. It is not. No, you it's not. Can, oh my god, you can taste the jamaica. You can. And yes. the agave. Yes, you that, can. That little bit of sweetness mm-hmm. that lingers on the tongue at the end, that is 100% agave, mm-hmm. and I was just like, This is yes. like, I went to, what, the corner of Broadway and Gage <laughs> and asked the little, um, the man at the corner to put... 
um, to make my uh, Jamaica fizzy <laughs> and to make it alcoholic. And that's exactly what I got right here. Yeah. It's so good. But it's not like, um, it's not like, um, when you said alcoholic, it's not like you're making a mixed drink. This is mm -hmm. a no, beer for no. sure. Yeah, no, it's like, a beer. Yeah. You guys remember the aguardientes that we yes. had that I brought from Guatemala? Yes. And how that was like Jamaica, it was Jamaica and like you could like taste a yeah. little bit of the aguardiente. Yeah. It was basically just a lot of sugar, mm -hmm. Jamaica and and very strong alcohol. Yeah. That's not how this is tastes yeah. like. It, this is really, really good. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a 100% a beer. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah. Okay, so I definitely taste the Jamaica 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the agave, we only use in my house agave to sweeten things. Yes. So in iced tea and coffee, mm -hmm. uh, I have it. Uh, sometimes when we run out of syrup, I put it on my pancakes. So mm -hmm. I can taste it mm -hmm. in here. Um, but it, like I said, the, the carbonation, it, the beer, the fizziness of it is 100% beer. Mm -hmm. And... It's a, it's a, gosh, what's a beer that I've had that is like, there's nothing similar. I mean, there's nothing. just like yeah. when I had the horchata porter, exactly. porter, <laughs> horchata, <laughs> the horchata stout. Um, it was, there's just nothing like it, there's, but no, it works. 100% original. It works. It works yeah. so well. And they're located at 2181 Logan Avenue in San Diego, California. A short six mile, point six mile walk from the trolley station when it drops you off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. And um, I gotta say, um, I you know I was tr trying to see what I wanted to drink as my second beer because you know I had to commit to a beer that I was gonna drink the whole thing and not have it mess me up to drive home. Um, and I saw this one and I'm like. I love me some saison, but I know that they're bitter. Yes. Let's let's try it out. Yeah. But when I tried it, I'm like, I know that the girls are going to be a little shocked. I'm <sighs> going to take that one in a crowler. Yeah. I immediately knew. As soon as I tried it, I'm like, this is the beer we're going to try. Saisons, to me, um, a lot of times are, are like super sour. Mm -hmm. um, and the first... A couple of drinks are okay, but that I can't. You generally enjoy them after that, but this is not that at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. when when I saw that it was a saison, I was like, oh no! But yeah, that I'm not disappointed at all. I definitely am shocked at how mm -hmm. good it is and how much I like it. Well, yeah, I want to thank here. our sponsors for sponsoring this uh, this beer tasting beer review segment that we have here at Comadres y Comics because this one has blown our minds. Yes. Mm -hmm. Definitely blown our minds. Thank you so much mm -hmm. to Carmen and, and David. Um, and everybody at Border X Brewing that makes yeah, this happen, makes yeah. this yumminess happen in my mouth. Yes, and mm -hmm. you know what? Everybody was super nice. They to me. were, and I, yeah. you know, I went up to to order beer and order the crawlers, and they were just really, really nice. I mean, I even though I'm short and you can hardly see me in the dark, <laughs> they they asked me, "Has anyone helped you? Yeah. Are you okay? Oh, Do you that's need?" Nice. And I was like, "I have. I don't think I've ever been treated like that." Um, yeah. at a bar or anything like that because usually I'm ignored. I mean, just to know that they care about community and that they were there presenting Chicano Con to their community and inviting the community in and the place was full of kids and it was just a really family friendly environment mm -hmm. and just as we were leaving actually a band was starting to play oh, yeah. uh -huh. they were so and great. I wanted to stay but I was so freaking tired it was Saturday yeah. we'd already been there for four days and also um, 
my husband was just like, come on, we got to go. And, and it was, I mean, I was tired too, but mm. I would have, I would have toughed it out if we would have driven. I think I would have, but we still had to get on the trolley back and then drive back from wherever. So it was a mission. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, yeah. And but, your foot. Too. Oh, yeah. And my foot was already like three times the size. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, it was a whole production yes. uh, of stuff that they had going on there that day. So And I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a wall that was like covered in comic yes, books. Yes, I did. Right by the bathroom. Yes. Uh-huh. It was awesome. I yeah. was like, oh, my God, they really love comic books. <laughs> it was great it was wonderful i and they were just so nice and so i mean i just i just can't wait till they open the location i know they Um, said they just broke broke ground ground. yes Yes. and so um i it might be some time but just know that if you live in the los angeles county um sorry los angeles area it is coming soon you know what i'm going to be there 24 7 (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna make it my mission to try to get the uh the mobile apparatus going so maybe we can even record an episode there mm-hmm. when they break ground i think that'd be really yeah. awesome but um yeah so are we ready to rate this yes i am ready and maybe if you can walk us through the rating system Kristen. sure so our rating system at the bottom begins at flaccid no one if you're flaccid no one wants anything to do with you <laughs> you do not belong anywhere near their palate. and then we go up to initial which is just a little bit above 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 Uh. flaccid but not anything great then partial is right in the middle so 50 50 you like it you don't like it um then we rise up to full uh and full is pretty decent i would say i mean you're a full is you know you're 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 not mad at it and then the the top the tip is rigid uh and that is an amazing oh my gosh that is like just you can't get enough of it but at the very very top there's more out above rigid is the the explosion of our rating system and that is the super saiyan and i will be the first to say for this beer today that i am raining it super saiyan Oh my God, guys. Really? Yes. That is amazing. You know what? <laughs> and it makes me so happy because you guys hate sours. Yeah. So this just, it's mine. This is the first, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first. This is the moment in history you will mark your calendars and remember. <laughs> because the girls hate sours. And for me to find a sour that they love, my God, I, I don't know. It just feels so rewarding. Yeah. I'm going to go with Kristen, because I was going to go with Rigid, but then you said, I do hate sour. I I once described it as uh, drinking a sour is like drinking the throw up of after you. Yes. uh, After after you've you've drunk too much and you throw up, and and that's how sour is. Yeah, exactly. That's how I've described sour. You have described that. uh, One of the the beers we reviewed that was also a sour, you did that, and then you said, I cannot drink it anymore. Here, have it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Yes. I remember. And, and this is so delicious yes. that it is, it's, it's above a rigid. It is definitely a super saiyan. And this is something that I would drink again. This is how much I like it. Yes. Well, I agree, guys. For me, it's a super saiyan. And it's almost more rewarding because I actually found a sour that you guys like. <laughs> is, is a, a saison actually considered a sour, though? 
Yes, I, I believe all the saisons I've had are sours. Like, well, I know that they're bitter. sour and bitter, but yes. I don't know that if if they are actually considered within the sour realm of beer. I don't know. I'm asking. We will have to get back to you guys on that because <laughs> we want to make, be an, make an educated decision. And I feel like I'm impaired <laughs> because this is a seven point uh five so i feel a little impaired to actually research that right now but i will have that answer for you next episode but yes i'm gonna go super sane on this one because it's so gratifying so satisfying and i feel like i could drink this at any time day night on a date uh, <laughs> netflix, and, netflix and chill with with the uh, with the steak without a steak with nachos i feel like this is just a beer for everything a beer for all occasions even you know what, and I feel like it's a little bit like Christmassy as well. This this um, it's red, yeah. Yeah, the red color is really beautiful. It's a kind Christmas-y, of a garnet. Valentine. It's a little garnet. So there is this thing called Google, <laughs> and I just googled saison, and it says saison is actually a pale ale that is highly carbonated, fruity, spicy, and often bottle conditioned. It was historically brewed with low alcohol levels, but modern production of the style have. Um, moderated it to high levels of alcohol. Um, and so, let's see, the composition, um, they don't say anything about them being sours. I mean, I think that they are generally sour slash tart, but I don't think that they fall into the actual category of being a sour. Uh-huh. So, I don't w- want any, um, beer perfectionist to come at us. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're misrepresenting the beer, <laughs> but in all honesty, mm-hmm. all the all the saisons that I've had have been yeah they bitter have. and sour yes. and tart yes. So this one takes the cake for us all. It is a super saiyan, guys, ladies and gentlemen. We have a super saiyan in our hands. Yay! Yay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to review a book today, and it's called Reconstruction. What? We're reviewing a book? <laughs> yes, we, oh my are. God, we are. Aren't we like on hour five already? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can pause it and then continue as you drive home. <laughs> so this is a, kind of a play on words. It's Recon, like Puerto Rican, Struction. Um, it's produced by Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. Which we've seen that name somewhere before. Yes, he is the creator and writer of Borinquena. Yes. So uh, this book is uh, Reminiscing and Rebuilding and Rebuilding Puerto Rico. This is uh, an anthology as well, uh, much like Puerto Rico Strong. Where, uh, but this one is slightly different only because... Um, uh, this book got the rights to from DC to represent a lot of the um, DC heroes we all know and love. Yep, mm-hmm. like um, Green uh, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, Superman, Superman Aquaman, Aquaman was Metamorpho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we have like some really like big good, names, big names, good big names yes. in the superhero world. Yeah, so the back of the book actually explains it as um, original stories that also take us to the past to explore the beautiful history of Puerto Rico, as well as tales that envision a stronger and rebuilt island. 
100% of the proceeds from this anthology will go to the continued work to help over 3 million Americans living in Puerto Rico, providing solar-powered lamps, food, clothing, and so much more. These short stories remind us all that the true power of being a hero is in see- inside each of us. And when we come together as a united people, we will never be defeated. So what do you guys think of the book? So we have, if you might um, remember, we have in the last couple of episodes, gosh, how many episodes back was it, um, reviewed... Reviewed Puerto Rico Strong, which was um, also an anthology that Mm -hmm. um, was written by a whole bunch of different individual creators and Mm -hmm. and and, um, had different artists and all of the proceeds from the sale of that book, which was published by Lion Forge. Um, They we we did that a couple of of uh, episodes ago. And so when I saw this one come out and you see that La Borinquena, uh, the book that we all love so much, is right there on the front with Wonder Woman, I was super, super excited to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually super shocked when you opened the first page, how many freaking stories are in here? There was a lot. I'm I was like, surprised by how big. Yeah. yeah and um, as I was reading it, because at first it didn't seem it, but there is actually a lot of freaking content. There is so so much there. content. There is a hundred and ninety plus pages in this book, and there are oh gosh, I didn't count them, but let me see one, two, three. Just doing a little bit of guesstimation in twenty thirty, I would say there's close to fifty original like individual stories in here. Yeah, and there's over fifty eight creators. Wow. What struck me as the introduction that you just read, um, Kristen, was that uh, <clears throat> tales that envision a stronger and rebuilt island, which actually um, answers the question that I had. Why were most of the stories uh, kind of a um, fantastical, futuristic view of uh, Puerto Rico, uh-huh. which is completely different from uh, Puerto Rico Strong? Um, and this is what happens when there are two products that have kind of similar topics or similar mm-hmm. content. Um, they usually get um, compared. In, yes. Know. So I'm, my name is Sarah, and I am going to go as far as to say that I enjoyed Puerto Rico Strong more only because I felt like it taught me more. There were more stories of the history of the island mm-hmm. as opposed to like a fantastical view of what might be the future uh-huh and um and i could relate more to that and i felt more emotional with that i felt more emotional i mean i shed tears and, mm-hmm. and yeah you know yeah. so um and i was i was told and taught a lot of things that i didn't know had occurred in our history mm-hmm. so um for that reason alone i i just feel I felt not as attached to this one. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. I was super excited to read this yeah. one. When mm-hmm. you gave it to me, I was like, I'm going to read it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I kind of finished like 75% of it uh-huh. that night. Like I fell asleep at 2 in the morning. Oh, wow. Because I was really excited to read it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love DC. DC is my jam, you know? Like, 
Um, and it just felt like the stories were a little bit short. Yes. I, I really wanted it to be longer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, one of the ones that I super enjoyed was uh, what Jen and I were talking about was the Superman one. I oh, love yeah. that the one. Last that one was really like, I don't know, it just really touched me. Mm-hmm. It really did. Um, so just a reminder, we reviewed Puerto Rico Strong on episode 31. So that was just four short episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to say that it was, I have to agree with you, Sarah, that it was very difficult to not compare them. Right. Um, and, uh, but they're, they're two different, even though they're, they're so similar into what their cause is and why they were made and mm-hmm. everything. Um, it, it's almost, uh, it, it definitely is that their goal was kind of different, like you were saying, in the stories. Um, and yes, I learned so much about Puerto Rico's history and Puerto Rico Strong. And there was very, very minimal in this. And I think it's amazing that Edgar, Ed, Edgardo was able to really gather up all these oh, amazing yes, people. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. Gail Simone is in here, and yeah. there's, like, you know, cover artists. Uh, Danny Mickey is, like, you know, a well-known name. And, you know, Gabby Rivera has mm-hmm. some stuff in here. There was some pinups in here mm-hmm. um, by some... Rosario uh, Dawson. Yeah, Rosario star. Dawson. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really amazing that they... That this book has all of this influence in it but i also feel like it was almost to its detriment that they tried to put so much in that like most of these stories were one or two panel or pages long exactly Mm -hmm. and some of them i wanted more More. yes i wanted a lot more i think if anything uh we're kind of sad that didn't we didn't get more yeah Mm -hmm. um that's what i was gonna say because in a lot of the way she addresses many of the superheroes is so familiar like that like she's already established herself with them that she knows them and uh-huh. stuff like that and i was just like how did she get to this point you don't just yes! go up to a superhero yes! and just be like yo what up my dude yes. and then like no like th- there's a that would have been a great part mm-hmm. of this world building because mm-hmm. dc universe it's established but bringing la borinquena in i would have loved to have seen a little bit more of like that development of like yes how do they know each other what have they done together or like to have first of all to have la borinquena in this book with prominent dc characters is freaking amazing absolutely yeah no question about it it was super cool seeing that yeah i mean and to to be um to be an independent creator who comes up with this with this character and you know is out there pounding the pavement and going to conventions and trying to sell your book and then for this to be part of your journey and having not only your creation side by side with DC characters but to then also have it in a work of art where um, so much good is is being done with the proceeds to it. I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like for uh, to be the creator and to be the person who um, just you know started all of this way back when. And mm-hmm. so that to me is great. Um, but I also think that just that sheer fact. That she is in this universe now with DC characters that that deserved a little of attention. Yeah. Yeah. 
that but, she's, but she's basically in the canon of yeah, the DC universe yeah. is what I'm getting from this. So she exists. So I would have liked to have seen more. Uh, the difference between this one and Puerto Rico Strong is that Puerto Rico Strong was very firmly in the real. In that it taught us yes. history. Mm-hmm. It was it was very much uh, like there were some stories that were like that were like mythological and stuff like that and kind of like mystical like mysticism, but it felt more like magical realism. Mm-hmm. I like that. Than, yeah. Than um uh, than like firmly fantastical. Yeah. This is very su- firmly superheroes. Yes. And fantastic. Yes. And the fantastical. And the thing about that is that that kind of like that that like the Boricenia didn't appear at all in Puerto Rico Strong, but in when we read La Boricenia. There was no hint of her of her being with other superheroes. Mm-hmm. Basically, that she mm-hmm. was the first superhero yeah. in there, and that's what we got from there. But now, uh, with this, she is not the only superhero. And this is why I really like the Superman uh, story towards the end, because it gave us a reason why Superman couldn't help with the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a, it was a, it was a legit a, a legit reason, mm-hmm. and it was and it was really really cool, and it really touched upon Superman and uh, him as a character, but also La Boricenia. Uh, and that was really, really cool. Yeah. So that's why I really liked that. And because it's mixed in superheroes, but it mixed in also, like, realism mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like it... And it was more than two pages long as well. It was, like, three or four. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could have... They could have done more with that. Like, they could have done their own book that could have focused on, like, the main three or even just the big ones. Because yeah. another of the stories that I really liked... Was her with Green Lantern, uh-huh. Jessica Cruz, yeah, mm-hmm. and they were just like, and um, uh, they were like Latina power, yes, awesome. yeah, and I would have loved the story about that because yeah. I believe um, uh, Jessica is Puerto Rican, isn't she? Or I don't remember actually, mm-hmm. e- either Dominican or Puerto Rican. I can't remember yeah. offhand. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to go back. And yeah, like, actually, because I, I think she is Puerto Rican. So I feel like they could have, there could have been a whole story in that as well. Like, really, like, uh, there could have been a lot. And uh, I think that's one of the things I regret. And then everything else, like a pinup page and all that stuff, could have been done in another book. Because I feel like they could have done another book. That this deserves another book. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really like the one with Starfire. That one I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that one, too. I really liked the Starfire one as well. Um, um... And which is which is funny because I only get a satisfying Starfire story in <laughs> yeah. in, in an offshoot of a book that she only comes in three out in like two pages. Tragic. I I but. also enjoyed the Harley. Um, oh, Harley uh, Ivy uh, and Catwoman one. Yes, that that one was really great. I like mm. the the development of how because it gave us like kind of a question mm-hmm. and then it developed the relationship and then the you know the outcome of 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 them being together so i like mm-hmm. i like that one as well um one of uh, my other favorite ones was uh the one uh maite the mari maite mighty maite yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i that like one that cool one because it was really cute it was really cute and it was like and it was also pretty real yes was, it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that one that one was super it, cute it as was well. I, I liked it because for me that one it just kind of uh it showed like if you like th- children have uh, ideas and they're mm-hmm. like so pure yeah uh-huh. and so uh heartfelt and they want to put they're all into it and yeah. if like the parents and the people around them the neighborhood um because pr- it takes a village if they um mm-hmm. nurture these ideas and these hopes and these dreams mm-hmm. you can make a lot happen yeah and i think that's what they were trying to say like even 
the smallest child can make a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was beautiful. Or the fact that, like, you don't, it, it doesn't, you don't have to do something big. It can yes. be, even the small things help. Right. And, um, uh, and I like the fact that, um, uh, that they put in information how you can help donate oh, yes. Yes. to, um, uh, yeah. to, um, uh, Hurricane Relief in Puerto yeah. Rico because they're still affected yeah. by this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, we don't hear it in the news and stuff like that, or some of us, like, ignore the news and everything, but a lot of the people in Puerto Rico still haven't gotten relief. Right. They, there's yeah. some places. One of the stories have, that yeah. really, uh, struck me, um, related to what you're saying is that w- the one story where the woman, um, I think it was in the very beginning where they're talking, um, yeah, the very first one where she's taking us through how when it first happened and then they lost power and then days go by, then weeks go by and the grid is slowly coming back and, and that just, she had to go eat out fast food mm-hmm. because she couldn't cook at home and, right. and then there was no hot shower and she couldn't do laundry and that her neighbors were slowly getting it. Electricity. Um, electricity, but her house wasn't. And but how they would hear the cheers in the distance right. when people were. I thought that yeah. was like, oh my god, that made me. Yeah, and and to actually read the story and to kind of go like with that person and knowing that this is really what has hap- has happened and that some people still haven't cheered because they still don't have power back and they're still living just trying to usurp whatever they can from people who are willing to help them out mm-hmm. and i think that it's just so uh, that was one of the things that was so um i had like a, a dueling reaction to the book where I knew that it was going for a good cause and I knew that it was sharing stories that um, most likely were based in truth and in fact and things that had happened like you know there was people that were um, in some of the stories trapped under um, you know buildings or cars and a superhero came and and helped them or you know you know um, things horrible things were happening and the superheroes came and helped them and all I could keep thinking in my head was this really happened and no superhero ever came oh yes yeah Yeah. and that was hard for me because Mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico strong they were they were heart-wrenching stories and yeah I cried at some of those stories and to really have that empathy for the things that were happening and this one made it almost like um, like I, I understand the point of it and you know it was it was really an awesome thing to have La Borinquenia and everything but the fact that these are real things that happened and that these people are going through it I had a hard time um, fully buying into it because mm-hmm. it made it kind of trivial to me I guess yeah like uh, kind of like a like a okay like but what about the real the yeah. real people who were tra- trapped under the rubble. Yeah. Like, like you said, there was no superhero that came. Those people died. Yeah. Like that's, right. that's, that's the honest truth. Yeah. And it's something that you, you wish a superhero could have come. Right. But that's, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so while I liked some of the fantastical elements of it, it was, it, it was definitely a different shift. So like maybe for people who didn't like, Puerto Rico strong mm-hmm. who, who found it too real too visceral this one is a good one that's a them. good point actually mm-hmm. because yeah, because right. emotionally mm-hmm. it was draining yeah, yeah. Puerto, really Puerto, right. I loved Puerto Rico strong yeah. but it was I felt emotionally drained yes. after this after that one this one is uplifting yes it, it, it's mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. uplifting it's, it's definitely a beacon of hope kind yeah. of like uh-huh. uh, trying to 
you know, <clears throat> like show you the tragedy, mm-hmm. but know that like if we all work together, there is hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and maybe that's why they most of the stories are kind of taking place in like a futuristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neo Puerto Rico. Yeah, and yeah. and that is actually one of the cool things that I did like about this story is, I mean, it, it says in the back the basically Puerto Rico strong. That was the theme, Puerto Rico strong, and the theme here is El pueblo unido jamás será vencido. Mm-hmm. So, and at the end of of um, a lot of these stories, um, you actually have. The superhero saying, um, "We we all we are all Puerto Rico, right?" Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. and that was that was really cool. Like I really, li- I really liked I, and this is more of like a feel good one. The the um, uh, the Diablo storyline. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that one. Was, I like that one. Yeah. yeah, that one was just like he's like I'm Mexican. These are Puerto Ricans. They're not my people. Yeah, and I, you know what, I yeah. identified with that because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm Mexican. Like you know, but but mm-hmm. you know, he realizes it that hey, we're all here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all need to help each other. And I thought yeah. that was a beautiful message. Yes, yeah. and I thought that was like a really good Latinidad moment. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. So especially because Diablo is a is a is a Mexican. Super Chicano villain, Chicano. Mm-hmm. I think more Chicano, Mexican American. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, super villain. <laughs> yeah, I Question think. Mark? I mean, they they meant they. That's how they referred to him mm-hmm. in the story as a villain. Mm-hmm. But I actually had never. I'm not familiar with uh, that character at villainy. all. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he was a bad guy, but then he became kind of not exactly a good guy. But he was just like, I don't want to use my powers oh, to hurt people anymore. Okay. So I'd rather just not do anything. Gotcha. And then in Suicide Squad, um, uh, the movie. I'm just kidding. Well, movie and in comics. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get you mad. But yeah, Ama- uh, Amanda Waller is just like, oh, I'm going to recruit you for the Suicide Squad. And so he goes, uh, but in this one, he like goes to, and, um, uh, he stay, and he's he's uh, basically trapped in the, by the hurricanes as well. And he right. stays in an animal shelter. Yes. And there's a bunch of dogs. Yes. And I was just and like, that, that, actually, that, was really, that was really cute. Yes, it that was, was really cute. And it was also very, like, it. there's so much of mm. what the hurricane caused and the yeah. aftermath mm. that people don't think of. And one of, and one of the actual statistics that was shared in that mm-hmm. story was the actual number of um, dogs that were estimated to have um, died in yeah, the hurricane. Stray dogs yeah, stray them. dogs. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it, when it comes to natural disasters, I mean, People have, well, these were stray dogs that they were talking about, but also people have pets. Mm -hmm. And pets, I think Sarah can testify here, (laughs) they are part (laughs) of the family. They are like little hairy children to some people. (laughs) (laughs) And to not know what happened to your pet and to be worried about that and wondering if they're still alive and if they're okay and if they're suffering. Like, um, and at the end of that story mm-hmm. when he is contacted he asks for dog food because oh, these yes. dogs were starving there mm-hmm. there was abandoned. they yeah. yeah they were abandoned mm-hmm. and they were no one was able to get to them if even anyone was looking for them at that time mm-hmm. and so um that was one of the things that as i read the story i had not ever thought of like mm-hmm. that that was real like th- that um mm-hmm. that 
part of the story is probably really did happen and that mm. there's animals that needed help and no one ever really thinks about that kind of mm. thing exactly. or i don't anyway yeah <laughs> and it's just like like yeah because i'm um because like one of the ways like how are you gonna feed yourself but if you have a pet like how are you gonna feed your pet yeah as well that's a, that's true. also another worry Absolutely. Another story that I really like, and this is pre- a purely selfish one too, is I really like the Swamp Thing story because uh, I too would love a swamp creature to grow flowers for me. Yes. When will that happen? <laughs> I have such an affinity for a Swamp Thing. So I also was so happy to see that there was a Swamp Thing story, yes. but also it was such a, a cute story. It was very cute. <laughs> we loved it. We, we love Swamp Thing in this household. Yeah. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Agreed. So are we ready to rate this book? Sure. Yeah. So our rating system is a system um, scale of pan dulces, mm-hmm. and it's a scale of one to three. Um, one being um, the the like one lowest of the scale, and then three being um, the best. And then if we really really like it, we will give it a higher rating than the three pan dulces. Usually the whole panaderia. Um, and for those of you who are new listeners the way that we got our rating system is that we were trying to brainstorm a rating system and we came up with pandusa and Jen said well the most pandusa my mom ever let me eat was three so that was the best so that's how, <laughs> that's how we came up on three so Sarah what are you going to rate our book dang called you out <laughs> called me out uh, I'm gonna go two conchas okay um, that is probably where I'm at here too. Um, I definitely just for no other reason than the fact that a hundred percent of the proceeds of this book go to, um, relief, uh, aid for Puerto Rico and the, the re, the reconstruction of the island. Um, I recommend that you buy a copy and make your own judgment and you know mm-hmm. if you're a DC fan 100% buy the book and read the stories if you're a, a La Borinquena fan also I mean she's in almost all of the stories so mm-hmm. she uh, so uh, with big DC superheroes so that's actually, yes. that was really cool yeah. to yes. see um, so but like I said there just for the the things that I critiqued about I wanted more um, of the stories, I felt I feel like I was abruptly cut off on most of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, again, I just had this inner struggle of like in, enjoying. I felt like if I was to enjoy the stories, it was at the expense of making the real issue trivial. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. So no. two conchas for me. I'm gonna agree with you, ladies. This is Jen, and I am gonna give it two conchas. Um. Honestly, like, if they would have structured this better or they would have made, like, a part two and given some of the stories more time, Mm -hmm. it would have definitely been three conchas. But honestly, that Frank Miller art knocked it down. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm dragging it. That Frank Miller art was fucking awful. If it, look, oh, my God. If it didn't have, if this book didn't have it, it would, I would have said three conchas. But it has it, so it knocks it down. And if they would have let him do something else, I would have said one concha. 
but still buy it because it's the it's it's for a good cause. But the Frank Miller artwork, and it's like it's not. They don't even leave it towards the end yes. to like shock you, yes. like to be like, oh, like this 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 belongs at the at the back. They put it like literally like the third thing you fucking see, and I was I was traumatized. I was just like, what the fuck am I supposed to be looking at here? Yeah. Yes, the back of the very, book is full of pinups. That's um, kind of painful. That's what Jen is referring to. The back of the book is is full of pinups, and mm. one of them is a Frank. <laughs> no, that's it. The Frank Miller one isn't in the back with the rest of the pinups. Oh wait, it's not. No, no it's, it's literally the third thing you see. The third, like the third story or whatever. It's not even a story. Oh yes. Oh my god. It's Don't. page thirteen. It's so ugly. It's horrible. DC, please. It's stop. Horrible. Sparrows. I don't know what's up with the Sparrows and with the uh, no pupils. I mean, it's it's quintessential Frank Miller. So I and mean, what, as soon as I saw it, I knew it. And oh yeah, I, I can tell his I can tell his style from yes, a mile away because too. it's so fucking ugly. Yes, me too. Uh, but anyways, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is traumatizing. I just saw um, Wonder Woman, and wow. Well, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's in yeah. the front. I didn't even realize it's in, it's, that. It's, it's in but the there front. are some very beautiful pinups yes. in the back. Yes. Oh, well, they're some very really, beautiful. really nice. There's, ones. there's some really, really nice ones. Yes, they uh-huh. are absolutely. And there's a, a lot of the stories too. That was one thing that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, the themes were um, the same, but the sty- art styles were very, very different. I oh, really yeah. enjoyed that. I enjoyed that as well, minus the Frank Miller. <laughs> um, please, please stop. Stop letting him draw. I will pay money to never see a Frank Miller artwork ever again. Dang. But anyways, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's too conscious. The, it, it goes to a good cause, and if you, and if you want a more hopeful story, stories and stuff like that if you want more of that fantastical superhero stuff yeah this is a really good this yeah. is a good fun read for that if you like um, um like i said if puerto rico strong is too visceral this is a good um uh, alternative that's very hopeful and very heartwarming excellent minus the frank miller artwork <laughs> It's time for On My Radar, and On My Radar is brought to you by Jen. <laughs> Jen, what's on our radar? So, On My Radar is, and I actually picked up this uh, issue number one at Long Beach Comic Expo, and it is done by Chimera Press, an all-woman publishing um, uh, company. What? Yes. So, all of their, their writers, their artists, their editors, basically all of them are women. And um, uh, you can't sit here. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And um, um, and the book is called Dragons by the Yard, and it's really, really, really cute. I love this book a lot. And uh, the book itself takes place in Pasadena, and like the Rose Bowl and everything. Yes, yes, and the swamp meet, right? Yeah, a swamp meet that happens there, and um. um it's 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 really cute, but the premise is basically there's this woman who sews 
dragon toys, basically dragon plushies, and like her most, her most beloved ones are the ones that she sold semi-precious crystals and stones in, until one day, she's given this mysterious cloth by this mysterious woman with one request, to make dragon plushies with brimstone in them, and she does this, and turns out the dragons that she sews become actual dragons. <gasps> Dun, dun, so dun. that's why it's called Dragons by the Yard. Cool. And they that's are That's cute. It's really really cute. And um um and it's three issues. I bought issues 2 and 3 at San Diego Comic-Con, but uh I believe they first released issue number 1 about uh last year, about a year and a half mm. ago at the previous San Diego Comic-Con. Uh but it's 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 really good and it has a lot of good content and the artwork is absolutely stunning. It's very beautiful. And uh I cannot recommend this book because I have a, one I if you guys don't know this, <laughs> I really really fucking love dragons. <laughs> I have an entire magic <laughs> that is themed around dragons. That's how Kristen got me to play magic. She was just yeah. Like, yeah. She, uh, one day she was just like, Jen, you know there's a commander set that's just about dragons. And then I looked back and said, I can be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Sarah. And Jen got uh, issue number one in Long Beach. And uh, mm-hmm. we rode the metro from uh, the Long Beach, uh, what was the end of the line, all the way yeah, lo- up. And, mm-hmm. she, and you were like, you got to read this. Uh-huh. And I was kind of a little hesitant because I kind of wanted to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I read it and I'm like, oh my God, do you have two? And she's like, no, I just got one. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like, have issue, issue number two out yet. <laughs> yeah, and you were like, well, they said they were going to have a special um, announcement at San Diego Comic Con. So we've been looking forward to this since mm-hmm. what? Since Long Beach. Long, since Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. how long ago was that before? I don't was know. that November? Was March? Oh, that was last year's. So yeah. it was September. September, yeah. Oh, September. Yeah. So we were almost a year. We were looking forward to this second release. Well, she mm-hmm. actually, the, the, I guess, I don't know, the owner or whatever, mm-hmm. came by the shop and dropped off some books. And oh, was really? like, I, you know, I really want you to um, carry our stuff. And so I'm sorry if you're listening. I have you on my list of things to do. We just moved. <laughs> <laughs> um, you come highly recommended by Jen and Sarah. But she dropped off um, more than just number one. And I've what? had it for oh the longest God, time. I can't believe this. And I, Jen was like, I, I want to read it. I want to read it. I'm like, okay. And then yeah. I just forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, never mind, I'll just buy the issues at San Diego. <laughs> I actually went looking for them because they had okay. been there last year and I wasn't sure if they were mm. going to be there this year. Mm-hmm. But I found them and I saw that they had issues two and three and I was just like, please sell them to me. Oh my God. Yeah. And they did. So it, That was one of the things that completely failed on. Was waiting and anticipating all this time, but I didn't put it on my list of things to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I got back, all I did was like scream at, uh, at Jen over... Uh, over Facebook, mm-hmm. Jen, did you find them? Because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, but, she did. <laughs> yeah, but the the story is very, very heartwarming, and it's very fantastic. And I love the artwork. Yes, the artwork is very, very it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so whimsical and just beautiful, and the colors mm-hmm. are very spring, they're, I have to they're, say. Yeah, they're yeah. very soft. They're very pastel, yeah. yes. and it's, it's just really nice. And I feel like they capture the California sun very well. Yes. And, like, the California vibe yes, very well. Yes, totally. So it's, it's, it's really good. One of my favorite moments is where this one snobby guy is trying to get his daughter a dragon. She's like, I want a 
dragon and then this other kid was like oh she's holding on to the dragon mm-hmm. uh, the stuffed dragon and then she's like oh my dragon already picked its its owner mm-hmm. and he's like I'll offer you like three times the amount you're on and he's like no no thanks yeah that's not how it works yeah my dragons pick their owners <laughs> so I thought that was beautiful because you know there's a lot of that snobbiness here in California mm-hmm. where there's like I can afford it and I want you to give it to me for like three times what it's worth Mm-hmm. And people will do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know I'm for sale. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone <laughs> has a price. Everyone has a price. Exactly. So. Mine isn't even that high, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, it's, it's a very cute story. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's very heartwarming. Uh, and a little heart wrenching uh, once I read issue number three. I was Ooh. just all like, oh. Is there only three issues? There's only three so issues. So we know right for now. sure. Oh, we, mm-hmm. there might be more. Oh, there's, there's definitely there's gonna be more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I see. So mm-hmm. it's an ongoing, but there's only three. Yes, oh, there's okay. only yes, three. Yes, yes. Okay. And, um, uh, and they... soon to be able to be found at Heidi Hill Comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is another thing. They are a small publishing company, so they have not, they are not available through Diamond, yeah. but you can buy their stuff on, at chimerapress.com. Chimera, that sounds like a disease. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, mythology. Or, oh, that, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, they um, they used it in uh, Mission Impossible, so I don't know what the real min- meaning is. Oh, well, um, uh, a chimera is a mythological creature okay. that um, uh, Hercules fought. Okay. That basically it was uh, two animals made into one. And, oh, cool. And uh, the most uh, famous is, uh, well, it was a creature that was like half goat half alligator with a snake tail mm. and so um uh, so that's that's the one that most people know so uh and then there is there's actually um um a thing in medical terminology called uh chimeras like people can be chimeras in that at the womb usually this happens with twins uh at the womb one twin absorbs, absorbs yeah. the other. Oh. And this, sometimes this can cause medical problems yeah. in the future, like way along the line, where they, they've actually operated on people mm-hmm. and found hair. Clumps of teeth. hair. Yeah. With teeth. Uh-huh. And with yeah. teeth in, and bones, in, yeah. Uh, yeah. and bones in people's brains or in yeah. like other parts of their or bodies. Their gallbladder. No, yeah. <laughs> and so. Small intestine. Or this is like how some people can have like two organs yeah. sometimes. Okay. Is because of chimera, chimerism. And so it's a it's an actual medical terminology as well. You're so smart, Jen. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because all I could think about was the chimera uh, disease that was going to wipe out half the Earth in Mission Impossible. Oh, that was, that was it. I've, I've never seen Mission. Well, I've seen Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, and that was just a lot of spy stuff. Okay, no, I, did, I saw I did. the first one, but that was so long ago. Yeah. Oh man, you could totally. It's so dated when you see the computers. <laughs> so I love, sad. This is why I love watching the Matrix because I see them on their freaking nineties computers, and I'm just all like, <laughs> "Shit, my dude!" At least they came up with a good reason too as to why it's like that. They're just like humanity is stuck in a program that ended with the nineties. That's why you're oh, all yeah. fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That sounds legit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, this is Kristen, and I also have an On My Radar, and my On My Radar relates to um, one of Jen's cheesemas from uh, episode 34 when she talked about the relaunching of Vertigo. Yeah. And Jen and I were uh, actually lucky enough to be able to get into the Vertigo panel at Comic-Con. May, may I ask, was there a line? 
Um, there was, I, I was in the room already for the previous panel, so I don't know if there was one outside. I barely got in, um, because, uh, like, I just made it in, so I think if there had been a line, they had already seated everybody. Oh, okay. And I just, like, made it in to the scrap end, because the room did fill up. Yeah, the room filled up. There, there, it was definitely completely full, so, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if there was a line out. Uh, side or not but i went early to make sure to get in oh right on and um so we were introduced to uh, um the five titles that are being launched under vertigo and a, a, they just one of them is border town which was um mm-hmm. something jen talked about last episode as well and th- that one just seems super cool but the one that i want to talk about uh today is american carnage oh, and american God. carnage oh. is written by brian hill who um is a writer for a lot of titles over at Top Cow. He does Postal, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not sure what other ones he does, but he also is um, uh, writing the Titans show set to launch on the DC branded <gasps> digital service. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> oh my god, it looks so good. Fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Um, and the artist is actually Leandro Fernandez, who is a Argentinian, um. Argentino, che. Uh, yeah, Argentinian, um, creator. So, that's pretty cool. And just listening to Brian talk about, um, his process of researching this book was amazing. So the brief little synopsis is in this thrilling crime saga, disgraced FBI agent Richard Wright, who is a, is biracial, but can pass for white goes undercover in a white supremacist group believed to be responsible for the death of a fellow agent. I read that synopsis and I was like, Oh my God. But when you told me about his process, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now so, tell the audience because that's where it gets you. So, Brian in the Vertigo panel talked about how he himself went, quote unquote, undercover. Now, Brian is um, a black man, and he started joining these um, white supremacists, very, very um, alt right. Uh, message groups online and started kind of infiltrating them and um, basically wanting to do research so that he could um, realistically write this book from the perspective of those characters. And um, he actually ended up meeting some of these people in real life. Yeah. When he said that, like I told him afterwards, I was just like, oh my, I was like, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) When he said that at the panel, I wanted to go up, uh, like I wanted to be like, like, I want to um, hug you. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh my God, like, are you like, are you like, are you, are you okay? okay? I like, are like, let's be real. Are you okay? My dude, <laughs> like, is, is everything all right? Uh, because that's just, and he said it too. It's just, it's something that we actively avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we course. don't think about and that we don't want to think about. Yeah. We want to ignore it and pretend uh-huh. it doesn't exist because it's not part of our world. Yeah. So we want to just avoid it. We want to just, av- av- yeah, we want to avoid it. We want to kind of like shove it in the back corner uh, where it belongs. <laughs> but um, uh, but he was, uh, he, and I like how he pitched it too, how he's saying that like even like with all these other titles that are amazing as well, but he wanted something that 
had impacted him. Yeah. Something like preachers, something like scalps. Yes. Some of that like real visceral stuff that yes. Vertigo had been known for. That it mm-hmm. ha- he had me there. Mm-hmm. I love preacher, I love scalped yeah. and and they are for lack of a better word dirty and gritty. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and he was kind of saying like to him that was the Vertigo brand for him. Oh, yes. And that that's what he wanted yes. to give back. Mm-hmm. And so um, I actually started reading the first issue. Um, they were able to, they gave us all a copy of issue number one in the panel. So and so I started reading it there at the convention and um, I haven't finished it yet, but um, there is a, the buildup of the story here has just been, it really is like, um, it's really grabbed me and, and like, I definitely mm-hmm. think that this is going to be a title that I'm going to look forward to every month. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Wow. I mean, just hearing you guys, I was not able to attend the DC panel, but just hearing you guys describe this, I mean, if this man went and went and infiltrated uh, white supremacist groups and all of that to for his research on his comic book it leads me to believe that other people can d- make that commitment when they're writing characters of other ethnicities and mm-hmm. uh valid, valid. <laughs> so uh you guys have no excuse but yeah. uh, but i was like wow mm-hmm. i just when you you guys when you guys started telling me that I'm like I need to read this yeah I need yeah. to read it I am very excited to start reading and this. um f- I, it must be such an amazing story because Vertigo is launching Vertigo again yes mm-hmm. um based off the strength of these seven stories mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. Border Town. oh is it seven I said five oh I'm not sorry oh I, can't I don't remember know. five or seven <laughs> no. I believe it was five oh, okay oh, five. they said five titles there oh, okay. San, there's a Sandman Yes, there's universe. a Sandman ah! universe book that is mm. coming out. So those of you who have desperately missed Sandman, you will be able to get your <laughs> Me fix. called out. Uh, there's Border Town, which uh, is by uh, a Latino uh, Latinx creator. And Jen talked about it last um, ish. ish. Episode. You're so cute. You keep saying Jen, but it was me. Oh, was it you? Oh, was it? Oh, I oh, thought okay. it was Jen. <laughs> no. I was just like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure because I know we talked about it, but I wasn't, was it me? Did yeah, I bring it up? Yeah, because I was just remember. really excited because I love Vertigo. Vertigo's uh, my jam. You know what? I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was, it was Sarah. Okay. And then, so Border Town. And then something called Hex Wives. Um, yes. Which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Um, the women are too powerful. They must be tamed. The malevolent conspiracy of men brainwashes a coven of witches to be subservient suburban housewives. But it's only a matter of time before the women remember their power. So like Stepford Wives, but yes, but evil. Dark. And then there's there's Stepford Wives with with a bit of bewitched. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the American Carnage, and then there's something called Goddess Mode. Um, in the near future, where all of humanity's needs are administered by a godlike AI, it's one young woman's horrible job to do tech support on it. But when Cassandra finds herself violently drawn into a hidden and deadly digital world beneath our own, she discovers a group of superpowered women and horror. Horrific monsters locked in a secret war for the cheat codes to reality. Wow. And then the last one is called High Level. And that uh, is um, 
Hundreds of years after the world ended and the human society was rebuilt from scratch, a self-interested smuggler with a price on her head is forced to traverse a new contingent of danger and mystery to deliver a child messiah to high level, a mythical city at the top of the world from which no one has ever returned. Wow. Excellent. Oh, and I guess there's one last one I didn't see. It's called Safe Sex. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, there's actually a whole bunch here. that. uh, So Safe Sex is um, a dystopian sci-fi thriller about a ragtag team of sex workers fighting for the freedom to love in a world where sexual pleasure is monitored, regulated, and policed by the government. Oh, my God. What? That sounds that, great. That sounds amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. I want to read that. That <laughs> one is from writer Tina Horn. Nice. nice. It's uh, She's host producer of the Why Are People Into That podcast. Oh. <laughs> that, that sounds is, really cool. That, that, that's like, and actually, the artist is Mike Dowling from Unfollow in 2080. Oh. Um, that one's going to debut in 2019. That's okay. why they're at the end in this oh, world. The, okay, the, okay. the other ones are going to debut in 2018. Oh, yeah. In a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the second coming is God's... This one sounded cool, too. <laughs> God sends Jesus to Earth in hopes that he will learn the family trade from Sun Man, an all-powerful superhero who is like the varsity quarterback son God never had. <laughs> but upon his return to Earth, Christ is appalled to discover what has become of his gospel and vows to set the record straight. Wow. Well, Vertigo... We're very excited for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Very, I'm very happy for Vertigo. Yeah. Go to your LCS and put these on your pool. So um, they can order them tell, from... Yeah. Tell, tell them... I mean, Border Town and American Carnage are coming out very soon in September. So um, these... We just put in our orders for Border Town this week. So make sure that you go to your local comic shop and let them know that you are interested so that they know how much to order and so that you will be supporting Latin. Latino artists. Yes, and that was one of the questions uh, that we had on our panel. Whereas uh, they were saying that a lot of these um, Latinx or uh, characters were not really supported, and they actually died down, like in the Marvel yeah. universe or whatever. And we're like, you have to support them. Yeah, this is this. You got to put your money where your mouth is. You yeah. got to support these so they can continue on. And actually, I already contacted my LCM and told them to put it on my pull list. she did she contacted us months ago and i'm like sarah they just announced this and it's not even available yet you know how the process works i just like just to have it on your radar um well we kind of glazed over chisme de la semana only because we went into chisme of the comic-con and this is sarah i have chisme on Two things. Saga uh, is going to go on a year-long hiatus. Yes. Okay, so Saga Saga has a very inconsistent publishing record as it is. So actually the fact that they're going on a complete year hiatus and they are letting us know is somewhat kind of like a, a relief that we actually know what's going on. Like in the past the the hiatus that they take or for whatever, I mean okay, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staple are like super, super busy. They're so amazing. Um, you know, Brian K. Vaughn is like a, a powerhouse name. You drop it and everyone you know, ha- has some Brian K. Vaughn book that has touched them in some way, shape, or form. Fiona mm-hmm. Staples is, you know, an amazing artist. She do- She's working in the Archie universe now and, like, some... I don't know what else she's working on, actually, but... Um, 
she also, I mean, you, you say her name and everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God. So I can understand why their inconsistency has been that way over the years. But the thing is, is that no one knew when one was coming out. So actually the fact that this is now information that, okay, it's sad you're not going to get Saga, but at least you know you're not going to get Saga. (laughs) (laughs) Like for a year, because I have known so many comic books where they go on hiatuses. Yes. And I'm just like, and they don't tell you. No, and then just randomly one shows up on a Tuesday when we're going through the books. I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot all about this book. <laughs> Pretty deadly. Yeah. The red star. And so, I mean, honestly, it's a disservice to the fans. Right. Because right. there needs to be more communication so that the... And it's so sad when that happens, and I understand that it does, but it's so sad because kind of like the... Um, the energy that the book has in the beginning falls down. And like oh, myself, yes. people forget all about the book. Mm-hmm. And then like months later, it comes out to no reception whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then the sales fall. And then usually what happens is it gets canceled. Oh, that's too bad. The second part of my chisme is Lock and Key is an official series taken under by Netflix. Um, they have picked up the Lock and Key series um, nearly two months after it was reported as a project th- that was going to happen with Hulu. Now, yeah. I don't know exactly why Hulu did not have any interest in this, hmm. and Netflix took it up. So it's actually a series based on an IDW publishing, um, and it's called uh, Lock and Key by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. So um, I hear really good things about the comic books. Have you guys read it? Yes. yes. I read Lock and Key, Volume 1. I have not continued reading, and not because I didn't like it, but it's just I have a bad habit of reading Volume 1 and stopping. <laughs> but for those of you who may not know, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Wow. And Joe Hill uses the name Joe Hill so that he can write under his own um, his, his own uh, so weight. he yes his own weight so that he is not getting any kind of special treatment because he's Stephen King's son. I mean everyone knows now that but in the beginning it wasn't well known. And Lock and Key, if you're into horror comics, I highly 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 recommend. I heard great things yes. about it. Um, so I, I I I have both Hulu and Netflix. So whoever got the property, I was set. But I'm so looking forward to this. And I was kind of upset too because I also saw Gabriel Rodriguez signing, and I didn't get his signature because mm. I didn't have. My Do we know what his nationality is? He is Chileno. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. We haven't done one Chile, from Chile, have yeah, we? Yeah, I know. I wanted to do his, um, oh, God, uh, there's another one. Uh, it's about a kid in the dream world. Uh, I have that book, and he did sign it last Comic-Con. Okay. So, anyway, I'll, I'll bring that up. Dead Boy Detective? Mm, no, no, no. It's, Books of Magic? No, it's really old. It's kind oh, of like okay. uh, Finding Nemo. No, no, wait, oh, not Finding uh, Nemo. Little Nemo? Little Nemo, something like yeah. that. I'll look for it. Um, but this is in Slumberland. <laughs> Slumberland. Um, this is a Netflix. They've ordered ten episodes, and they're going to be an hour long. Um, it was again the pilot was issued uh, done earlier by Hulu, um, and it was. Let's see. Joe Hill's going to be a writer and executive producer on the show. Oh, that's great! So I'm very excited about that. 
Um, Andy Musietti directed the original Hulu pilot. He's an Argentine film director and screenwriter. But he will not be returning to do the Netflix series because he's com- he has committed to it too. Because he uh, worked Ooh, on it one. Okay. So he's pretty freaking awesome. Cool. <laughs> Um, oh, it is Little Nemo Return to Slumberland. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I knew it was something Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> and that earned him uh, an Eisner, Eisner Award, Award nomination. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to pitch it, but I didn't. I don't know why. I forgot, and then I couldn't find my book. Oh, my God. <laughs> the show was originally developed as a pilot by Fox before Universal nabbed the rights for future adaptations. So this has been going through some kind of weird loops. So hopefully the finished product will be something that we can actually all enjoy and love. Yes. So I'm yeah. going to read uh, the first TP and see what it's all about. But I've heard nothing but great things. It's I've, really good. I've heard a lot of people, they're like, you got to read it. And uh, again, I regret not having him sign the first yeah. TP. And he had like card covers right there. Mm. And I actually took a picture of him. So I'll share it on our Facebook. Cool. Now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes, and to bring us Juntos y Fuertes is Kristen. <laughs> okay, so y Fuertes is um, actually a nonprofit that um, I was introduced at the ChicanoCon this weekend. Um, it turns out that uh, they had. Um, they had asked Lalo Alcaraz, um, the first Latino syndicated cartoonist, um, to pick a nonprofit that he wanted, um, proceeds to go to, to, um, to also, which is also a, an amazing thing about Border X Brewing, um, that they thought about this. And so Lalo chose Border Angels and Border Angels is actually an organization that helps to save the lives of migrants. Um, they prevent unnecessary deaths and harm reduction through desert water drops, border rescue stations, and day laborer outreach. They also do immigration consulting. They provide free immigration services and consultations in Spanish and English every Tuesday night at their offices in Sherman Heights Community Center, which is in San Diego. And and then they also offer education and advocacy. They provide alternative break and education programs, including internships and community awareness of issues surrounding undocumented migrants, immigrations, and border issues. Um, they always are looking for volunteers and, of course, uh, donations. So um, if you are interested in supporting Border Angels, you can go to borderangels.org. And um, they actually had... Um, some books that were for sale there. They had um, The Power of One, The Story of the Border Angels, which they had for sale, and they also have it for sale online. They have this really cute bracelet that is like a, an angel wing, um, and it's so cute. It's like only $7, and it's uh, if you buy it, the proceeds go to help um, to help the, um, the work that they do. So you can, um, like I said, go to borderangels.org and learn more about them. You can even make, um, donations there. Um, you can fill out inform, uh, and, um, 
for their mailing list. And you can find them on Facebook. And they're located um, in San Diego. And you can email them at info at borderangels.org. Yeah, and regardless of how you feel about migrate, migrating immigrants, um, that is not to say that you can't help out because of the fact that a lot of these people need water. They need food. They need help. There are human beings out there that make this trek. And regardless on how you feel about immigration, I think it stands to say that we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. And um, you can't just watch somebody just perish. It just... Um, the bottom line is that people die in the desert. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. This is this is a thing that happens. Yeah. It's, it's, the desert is harsh. It's it, the Mexican desert is unforgiving, mm-hmm. and uh, these people go through a lot just for the opportunity of a possibility of a better, life. A yes. better life. Yes, and it, and maybe some people might not be affected by that, or they don't know how hard it is. But it, uh, either way, a lot of these people's lives can be saved just because they found water in the desert. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've. I've actually met people who have migrated here illegally, and they um, actually experience a lot of hardships. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody does when they try to migrate somewhere, like, illegally. But in this case, I mean, there are certain things like La Bestia, which is a train. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, uh, I've actually heard of people in small towns who get together, the women get together, and they cook, and they package meals and they throw them up into the yeah into the um mm-hmm. um the train as I it's going by. I saw a video about that. Yeah, yeah as it's going by, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, there's not enough for everybody to to have some, so they end up like feeding maybe the first half of the train and then the rest they 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 don't mm-hmm. get anything to eat or drink or anything like that. So I mean, it's um we're humans, it's mm-hmm. humanity, and we should want to help each other out. Regardless of uh, immigration status, I think. Mm-hmm. To me, it's amazing that these people are actually trekking out into the desert themselves to help people that they have never met, that yes. they probably will never meet, and just in hopes of somehow helping them and preventing uh, anybody from succumbing to the elements. And, I mean, I've also seen videos of some organizations um, that do this kind of work, and the volunteers, and it's com- it's all volunteer. The volunteers that do that are amazing people. So if you're not the, the person who sees themselves out there trekking in the sun to do this work themselves, you still can, can support the organization by donating, or sharing or just getting the word out and educating other people that um, this organi- organization does exist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, my God, it's amazing that they even made this happen. I mean, I think it's wonderful that they're out there helping their fellow man. And now it's time for Saludos, which is a new segment here on Comadesi Comics. Uh, Richard Hamilton said, by far the best panel I attended at San Diego Comic Con 2018. A moderated, thought-provoking, heartfelt, and hopeful conversation about Latinx comics. I left feeling proud and inspired. Thank you so much, Richard Hamilton. That's That's awesome. Amazing. And uh, it warms the heart just to hear somebody say that. I mean, oh my God, that's so cool. Thank you so much. Seque Pena, who is an artist for um, that book, uh, Photographic. Yeah. He said, it was great to meet you. I'm glad our paths crossed. Thanks for the awesome podcast vibes and support. Yay! <laughs> yeah. 
Isabel Quintero, who is the writer of Photographic, she said, it was awesome to meet you. Gracias por el apoyo. Awesome. We're Jeffrey Cheney. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Her book is amazing. Um, Jeffrey Cheney, downloading Comadres y Comics after their wonderful panel yesterday at San Diego Comic-Con. Kate Sanchez, I found Comadres y Comics and my heart is full. Aww. If you're a Latinx comic fan, this is for you. Thank you so much. That's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. You guys are so amazing. And then Latinx nerds said, replying to, uh, actually, he said, slamming the follow button like Christina Aguilera <laughs> and America has got talent. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God, this is such an overwhelming uh, um, oh amount of support and love. And thank you so much. And we thank hope to you do, you, do justice to everything that you guys want to hear about, uh, Latinx creators, uh, writers, um, fans, strong female characters. Um, if you have any questions or any feedback, please do let us know. Girls, where can they find us? You can find us as always on Instagram at Comadres y Comics or on Twitter at Comic Comadres. We have a Snapchat. It's Comadres y Comics, so you can find us on Snapchat. And also you can email us at Comadres y Comics at gmail.com and on Facebook. Uh, this has been episode number 35, and we have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.